A list of don'ts. That's what some people think of religion. Pastor Ray Bentley comments. This is why there are so many people who don't want to come to traditional religion church because they've made all these rules that are not actually in the Bible. And it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and fewer and fewer people can even do it. And listen, if life is hard enough, let's only do the things that we actually have to do that God has said. Amen? Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Jesus didn't say, I came to give you life, but good luck in trying to live it. No, he said, I came to give you life and have it more abundantly. His instructions, his commands, they're to protect us, to prosper us, and to further his kingdom. We'll get a glimpse of the heart of Jesus today as Pastor Ray begins. Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at a few verses. Verses 29 through 44. Jesus has been ministering to his disciples now. And uh, it says in verse 29, And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say, Jesus was not impressed with crowds. Jesus was, he was desirous, each one in that crowd as an individual that he would talk to them personally because your Father in Heaven wants a literally personal relationship with you. I don't know what that does to you, but it just, it's amazing to me that that I can have my own personal, one-of-a-kind, unique relationship with God, and so can you. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Well, as the crowds began to gather, he began to say, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Now, The truth is that the people that are gathered, you know, at first reading you might say, wow, it seems a little unkind of Jesus. I mean, he does these miracles, he gathers crowds. Why is he saying this generation is wicked because they seek a sign? It's not that they sought a sign, it was that those who, at this time, look, we're already in Luke chapter 11 going into chapter 12, we're actually moving toward the the final part of Jesus' ministry on his way to Jerusalem the last time. In other words, these crowds have already seen many miracles. They've seen the acts and the wonders and the signs of God again and again and again and again. But now, rather than embracing it, rather than digesting it, rather than believing in it, rather than becoming disciples themselves, they've now come into something very familiar with our culture, 
an entertainment kind of a crowd. They're kind of like, oh yeah, that was cool. See that demon guy get thrown on the ground, foaming at the mouth, the demon leaves. Whoo, that was, so what's next? They wanted to be entertained. They wanted another miracle. They wanted something even more, wow. You know, you can feed off of just adrenaline. And you can get entertained in a way that you're not realizing that poor guy that, yeah, he got delivered and wow, it was impressive, but I mean, how about, wow, look at that guy now. That's a soul, that's an individual, that's a, a changed man or the little girl that Jesus raised from the dead. These are, you should be impressed with the, the transformation in their lives and it ought to make you examine your own heart and life and be willing to be transformed by Jesus. But rather than, actually, if you desire just to be entertained, where you're feeding off adrenaline and this, this rush, you know, there can be almost a fleshly kind of a rush, even to religious things and movements of God. And where it's very surfacey, it's almost a soulish, you know, kind of personality-driven thing. Jesus was not into that at all. He wanted people's hearts to be touched. He wanted for their lives to be touched. And so he said, you know what? No more signs except this. Now, that didn't mean that he wasn't going to do more miracles. He was. What he was saying was, I'm not going to you know, do more miracles to entertain you or to satisfy your desire for wow. I'm going to follow my father day by day. I'll go where he tells me, whether it's to one person, like the man, the, the Gadarene, that was, he left everything. He left the crowds, got into a boat with his disciples, went away from the crowds, and he reached one man to deliver him. And then he turned around and left. And I like that. Because what that tells me is that I'm not just part of some mass, even of humanity, that in some big general way that God loved me, but that literally, personally, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That is salvation. When you don't just see and know, you know, the, yes, okay, Jesus came and he did all of these things, but when you realize he did it for me, those nails went into his hands to pay for my sins. He bore my shame. He bore my guilt. He rose for me. He's my savior. He is my Lord. When you take that personal ownership by faith, that's relationship. That's what it's all about. So the only sign that he gave was of the prophet Jonah, the guy, the story that he got swallowed in the belly of a great fish for three days and nights. And what's amazing about the story of Jonah is, you know, he went to Nineveh. Jonah went the opposite direction. God said, hey, I want you to go preach judgment uh, to the Ninevites. Jonah said, no, I hate the Ninevites. I despise the Ninevites. And I don't want to go to them just in case, because I know how you are. You're so kind and loving and forgive. You might forgive them and not judge them. So I'm going to go in the opposite direction. And if you know the story, <laughs> Jonah, the whole place repents. You know, usually people, if you're a preacher, you like seeing thousands of people get saved, right? Well, in this case, the whole city Jonah preaches everybody, every man, every woman, every child is on their face repenting before God. So God's not going to judge him. And Jonah goes over and now he, he goes into a great depression <laughs> because God's having mercy. There is no hope in the message of Jonah. There is no grace in the message of Jonah. There is no love in the message of Jonah. 
His message was this, 40 days and then you're gonna get wiped out. And yet they repent. Now, contrast, here comes Jesus preaching the love of God, preaching the grace of God, extending the mercy of God, and they wouldn't repent. And a greater than Jonah is before them. Yikes. This is heavy. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because Jesus says the men in, from Nineveh who did repent will judge you, this generation, because the Messiah came to you preaching a message of love, grace, mercy, peace, and forgiveness. And you were so hard-hearted you couldn't believe it and you wouldn't repent. They will judge you. By the way, these are some very interesting verses because one thing, another thing we learn from them that Jesus tells us is there's no reincarnation. Because the very men who were there in the days of Jonah will be there the same as they were in the day of, of the Lord, in the day of judgment. They didn't evolve and become somebody else or something else. They remained the same all those centuries later. And then in verse 31, the queen of the south will rise up. Well, that's the queen of Sheba. She will also condemn this generation because she traveled a great distance from, you might say, the ends of the earth because she heard of Solomon and the glory of the temple and the gold and the silver and the, the wisdom that God had given to him and the sovereignty and the peace and everyone in all the nations around Israel at that time feared uh, the Israelites. And she believed when she came and she says, you know what? I thought what I had been told was exaggerated because it was too good to be true. When I actually came to Jerusalem in the days of Solomon and I saw the luxury and the beauty and the gold and the silver and the temple, I now find I wasn't even told the half of how awesome and amazing this glorious kingdom of Jehovah is. And she believed, and then apparently the Lord says, you will meet as a believer, your sister in the Lord, the queen of Sheba. She became a believer. But now, here was this generation, and they don't have just Solomon, who was an earthly man and king. They have the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And now the gold of heaven and the silver of heaven and the glory of the Shekinah of God flowing out of his mouth, miracles flowing forth from his hands. And yet they will not believe his words. Now what's also impressive about these two illustrations and stories is these are both stories about Gentiles who became believers. Nineveh, they were Gentiles who now believe a Jewish prophet. The Queen of Sheba is a Gentile who believes in Jewish King Solomon. But these are Jews in the Holy Land to whom the promises of the Messiah were given and they are actually witnessing the Messiah perform the miracles that the prophets had said and yet they will not believe. So how much greater of a judgment will they endure when that day comes? You can hear Jesus grieving in the midst of all of this, uh, their hearts being very, very hard. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people, 
He was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Verses 33 through 36. Now Jesus continues teaching and continues discipling because there were those in the crowd who actually did believe and did listen and were disciples. And I'm sure that that's who you are tonight. Now listen to what the Lord says to us then. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket. Why, why do you light a lamp or a lantern and then hide it? The purpose of a lamp is to shine in the darkness. You put it on a lampstand that those who come in may see the light. Now listen to what Jesus says is the lamp of the body. Verse 34, the lamp of the body is the what? Eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, Jesus says, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. What Jesus is now saying is that your body, this has always been God's plan, your physical body is the temple in which God has always ultimately desired to dwell. If I had the ability and I had a, a magic button that I could push and let you see into the spiritual world, you would literally see light or glory inside of all those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's very beautiful and very, very powerful. You know what happened in the book of Acts? And the Holy Spirit came upon them and there were cloven tongues of fire upon their head. You go, wow, that was cool for those guys. But you know what? The Lord allowed them to see for a moment of time into the way things always are for believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. There is fire, there is glory. And it's not just you know, the force or energy, it's the spirit of the living God that is inside of you. And those who do not have it have a darkness. Now, here's what Jesus said. In order to, for that light to shine, where's the, the window of that body is your eyes. This is where the light shines into as you keep your eyes on the Lord and it's where the light shines from the spirit back out. Therefore, what Jesus is saying is that you have the ability to direct your temple in this world and it's extremely important what your eyes take in and what they see. And there are things in this world, whether media, movies, uh, magazines, pictures and things that God's holy children ought not let go through. They're the portals of their eyes because it brings in darkness. And there are things that you should look to and things that your eyes should be upon, upon the Lord, upon doing good. You and I were made to love. God is love. 
the more you learn how to love God, the more you will be able to love others. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Which is also interesting. What does that mean, even loving ourselves? Well, the gospel teaches us that we love ourselves because we begin to see ourselves not through our own eyes, but we begin to see ourselves through the eyes of our Lord. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. Clean, cleansed, holy, set apart, special, one of a kind, unique, beloved of God. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. For herein is love, not that we love God, but that God first love us. So we learn how to love by learning how to receive God's love for us. You learn how to love by being loved on by your father. And then you begin imitating how he loved you toward other people. And it becomes a, a beautiful, beautiful cycle. And your eye now, stay away from those things that might allow darkness and uh, you know, torment and, and windows through which the enemy can begin to harass you or try to ensnare you with various bad things and addictions and so forth. Again, verse 36, if then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. So, as Jesus teaches us here, Paul reiterates again in the New Testament, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now verses 37 through 34, and we'll close with this last story. And as he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and sat down to eat. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And then the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. Foolish ones, did not he who made the outside make the inside also, but rather give alms of such things as you have? Then indeed all things are clean to you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like graves which are not seen, and the men who walk over them are not aware of them. Now, let me explain briefly, because this may seem a little foreign to our culture. And you go, wow, how come you know, Jesus didn't wash his hands? It doesn't say that he didn't wash his hands. In the Jewish custom to be a Pharisee, actually the reason this guy invited Jesus to his house probably was to trap Jesus. Because he had watched Jesus and observed him. If he really wanted to be a disciple, he would have gone to him privately like Nicodemus and asked him a question. But he now he wants people to be in his house because he wants to call Jesus out on something. Can you imagine? Would you want to invite Jesus to your house so that you could then say Jesus did something wrong? How many find that there's, that's problematic? You're going to be in trouble if you're trying to point out Jesus' faults. So he invites him over. Now, the Pharisees had a certain way of washing their hands. And they had to go over and let the water drip down in a certain way that it didn't get on you other places. And, and it was a very long process, a very religious process. And it went on and on and on and on. 
What Jesus apparently did is he walks over, you know, there's some living water and, and kind of goes like this. And then he's done. He's like, okay, let's eat. Knowing that this guy, hey, there's steps one through 10. You got to go through it and wash your hands the right way. And you just went, you know, and you're done. Ah, but Jesus had done it on purpose. Do you know why? Because the way that guy had washed his hands with all the details and all the religious everything, it's not in the Bible. It's nowhere there. They made it themselves. Man-made rules and interpretations. And I will tell you this, this is why there are so many people who don't want to come to traditional religion church because they've made all these rules that are not actually in the Bible. And it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and fewer and fewer people can even do it and they become more. And, and listen, if you're a guy trying to follow all that church or, or denomination's rules and it's really, really hard and you see other people that aren't even trying, you're gonna be really angry at them. Hey, this is really hard. So you get more critical, which drives everybody out of the church. And why are they driven out of the church? Because they can't keep the rules that aren't in the Bible, but they're man-made rules. So now he, Jesus gets to the main point. The guy thought he was trapping Jesus. Jesus turns it around and says, I'm gonna trap you and all who are like you. You emphasize all the external things, but I am here to tell you, you have misinterpreted and misapplied what the Father laid out because the father's more interested on the inside of your heart than he is all this external stuff. He wants your heart to be right with him. Well, you know what, when Jesus got through and, and all the sinful people who had given up on trying to be religious because they said, it's too hard. And those guys are hypocrites anyway. When Jesus brought it back to what it originally was, all the sinners said, if that's all God wants and if that's all he requires, then I'm willing to leave my addictions and the temporary things of this world and give my heart back to the Lord. And that's why the sinners flocked to Jesus and followed Jesus and were drawn to Jesus. That's the way it's supposed to be. Not religion, but relationship. Amen? Amen. And that's what hopefully we are seeking and striving and trying to do, is we don't wanna be about religion. And if people come up to me and, and they say, oh, so, you know, what's your religion? I go, I'm not into religion, per se. I'm into Jesus. They go, well, you evangelicals. Well, you know, I don't call myself anything. I'm just a Christian. I'm not in any group. Don't pigeonhole me or put me here or there. All I do is believe in Jesus and follow him. And that's what it's all, and it's changed my life and I can now tell you I not only believe he is risen I know it I know it from personal experience what he's done to my own mind my own heart my own soul my own life I, I have moved in the place of literally tasting for myself and experiencing how good the Lord is that's what it's all about amen pastor Ray Bentley pointing out the difference between religion and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Important insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, The Heart of Jesus. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. 
In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.